Okay. Uh, I'm concerned about our parody. Same. Same. Well, let's just keep plowing ahead and let's see. I'm sure we'll find something to argue about. Stars! S-tier! the Mundangerous Standing Stones in New York City. I'm your host, Shane. And I'm your host, Ishan. And welcome to episode 344 of Total Party Thrill, a podcast for game masters and players where we discuss our campaigns in order to inspire yours. In this episode, we're ranking the 5e D&D Druid subclasses. But first, the party makes a connection in the Gates of Morning campaign. And later, the Rage Mage channels more than magic in the Character Creation Forge. Uh, you get it? Channels, you know... Anger, eh? Hmm? Eh? Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, spoiler, this channel a whole lot of magic. <laughs> <laughs> kind of not allowed. You know, beforehand. Right. Hey, channels gonna... magic. <laughs> you know what I love? Ambushes. I'm so angry about ambushes. Yeah. Be careful, because pre-channeling can still get you pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I'm so angry. I'm angry for two. All right. Where are we in the Gates of Morning campaign? So the Gates of Morning campaign is our fifth edition D&D game set in Eberron, a sequel of sorts to the original Morning Glory campaign, and high in the mountains. The party is trying to stop the quarry from finding the gatekeeper's seals and unleashing the chaos of Zoria onto the material plane. A painful teleport drops them on a high plateau. Assailed by a winged panther, a hill giant, and a minotaur, who walk into a bar, obviously. Warden turns into a parrot, as he is wont to do, and flies up to intercept the panther core. It splits into four copies of itself and rakes the parrot with its claws, searing magically tainted wounds into his side. Lenora's arrow pierces one of the creatures and it disappears. Decimus summons a turret that emanates positive energy to shield the party. The Minotaur charges, and Xan slams it into the ground with his glaive, but it gets up without slowing, its bones cracking as they realign, and continues its attack, slashing at him with its greatsword. The hill giant closes, and hammers Xan with its club. Warden then turns into a fire elemental, falling through the epicor and setting its fur ablaze. Now on fire, the flying cat summons a globe of darkness around itself, then lands next to Decimus and slashes at him with its claws. Xan, with his devil sight, can still see it, so he points out its location, and Lenore and Decimus fire blindly, destroying another one of its mirror images. Then Xan splits the Minotaur's head in two with his glaive. Warden runs through the hill giant and the panther, but the giant is unharmed, its skin like stone. Decimus dispels the darkness, letting Lenore place her arrows with pinpoint precision, and Warden burns the cat to a crisp. Xan uses his new Pact Rod to refresh his magic and, re- and finishes off the giant. Looking down, they can see each creature is recognizable, but somehow twisted or combined with another form. As they catch their breath, they realize they are now surrounded. From below the ridge on all sides, Male-clad goblins approach in formation, spears leveled. But Xan recognizes the make of their fine armor. They are Kesh, the same Dakani faction as the goblins the party freed from the mineseed Elaine beneath Korth. Lenore retrieves the small silver dagger that Zertold gave them and holds it aloft, 
proclaiming themselves allies of the Kesh. A lone hobgoblin approaches, and with a signal from him, the others lower their spears. You should come with me, he says, in gruff common. He introduces himself as Secundus Gruck. Lenore recognizes that the strange word is not goblin. Gruck explains the disparate tribes in the area used the term when they served a malevolent entity that demanded human sacrifices, but it was destroyed six months prior. He motions to the caves in the valley below, which are known as the Caves of Chaos. The catch arrived several months ago and adopted the name. As they descend into the canyon, Grook explains their location. They're in the northern part of the Greywall Mountains, the barrier between Breland and Droam, not far south of the Six Kings, a great monument to goblin leaders of old. Bramble asks about the corrupted creatures the party had just fought, and Grook pauses. They're the work of Kirzen, Lord of Slime, a Dalkir trapped in Kyber thousands of years ago by the gatekeepers, he says. But his corruption is bubbling up here, though they do not know the source. The Ketch fought the Dalkir thousands of years ago, so they are here to cleanse this place. Gurk leads them into the westernmost cave in the canyon. The tunnel directly to the left has collapsed. But he turns right and they walk through a military encampment that fills the winding complex dug deep into the earth. He waves away sentries and soldiers who all let them pass. Gruk motions them into a central chamber, a roughly circular room with a high, domed roof. Along the walls, words and symbols scroll and shift. All of them can recognize words and phrases here and there, but there are symbols that even Switch can't read. In the center of the room, above a plinth, hovers a cube about a foot across, seemingly made of stone. Greetings, they all hear in their minds. Primus has been expecting you. And we'll find out what happens next next week. But this week, we are continuing our series on 5th edition class tier lists with the Druid. So this is our first full caster. This is our first full caster. Um, Though, (laughs) interestingly... Right, like kind of, right? Yeah. Like, yeah, the, the full casting is not what really defines the class, <laughs> right? Like this is not wizard or sorcerer or cleric. Like druid is like caster and always. Well, it's mostly caster or. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> um, but you have this like whole wild shape thing squeezed in there. And I think what we see from a lot of these subclasses is they they offer you a new way to use your wild shape if you don't want to be an animal. Yeah. Right. And, and I think when you're evaluating Druid subclasses, you sort of need to, you need to accept the premise where they're coming from, where, where like in, at level two, it's basically going to tell you, Hey, I'm either going to give you like a new thing to do with your wild shape, or uh, I'm going to give you a new thing to do with your spells. Mm -hmm. Uh, and that's, that's really about it. But those those are sort of the paths that you go down. And in each of those categories, you've got good ones and bad ones. And and I feel like I feel like across the board, the druid subclasses are like mostly fine. I didn't I didn't see a whole lot of garbage. Like with Paladin, there was a lot of garbage. Yes. Uh I don't see a ton of garbage here, but I also don't see th- don't see for the most part like a bunch of subclasses that really shine um i think that's probably true um 
after some some feedback and some thinking through uh, how we're going to do these tier list segments, we're going to take a little bit different approach. Rather than spoiling things with the S tier first, we will go through the list of uh, subclasses alphabetically. So we'll get to the good ones, but we will start with them in no particular order and rank them as as we go. Right, and then those ranks might change as we talk it out, and then we'll end with the final sure. list. Yeah. All right, so first up alphabetically is Circle of Dreams. So Circle of Dreams is the uh, Fae-inspired um, druid subclass. Um, it starts out with a <laughs> with a really good healing boost ability, uh, Balm of the Summer Court. Um, it gives you a pool of D6s uh, to provide healing as well as temporary hit points to targets uh, as a bonus action as well, which is like great. Unfortunately, the dice refresh on a long rest. Um, so I've the kind of two ways to use it. It's like, hey, I'm basically giving you one hit point to bring you back from being unconscious. And, and use one, one temporary die. hit point. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> uh or I use it like three times and like dump a, a decent amount of healing. Right. You know, here, here, and here, and I'm done. Right. It, I mean, it's basically lay on hands, right? Yeah. Although bonus action lay on hands. Yes. It is definitely a better lay on hands. And it also like gives you a temp HP per die spent. So it's just better. <laughs> um, however, that's kind of where the class ends. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. So I mean, uh, this isn't even a spoiler. I feel like this is the weakest of the subclasses. Yeah, it, yeah, it's it's not good. I so okay. So druids get a, a circle ability at second level, at sixth level, at tenth level, and at fourteenth level. The sixth level abilities are mostly ribbons, um, and for dreams, it is especially a ribbon because it is a bonus while resting. <laughs> Uh, I kept thinking of like ways to use this and the way that it's written, you just can't. Yeah. You have to literally camp outside the bad guy's door in order to get value out of it. Mm -hmm. Right. So So (laughs) it like, it creates an invisible sphere that blocks your torchlight. Cool. Um, And gives you a plus five bonus to stealth and to perception checks. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. Except that, it's only when you're resting and you can't move. The sphere doesn't move. So you can't even be like, oh, you can fight or do stuff for up to an hour before you interrupt your rest. Like, let's take advantage of that and at least do some stuff while we have these bonuses. Nope. You are stuck in your little sphere, your little bubble, right. or else this is useless. <laughs> and this is level six, not, not a ribbon at two. At 10, you get... At 10, I think this is emblematic of what I don't like about the subclass is that you get abilities that are for the most part niche or that you can only use a pretty limited number of times per day and sometimes both, right? Uh, so for this one, you can uh, teleport up to 60 feet or you can teleport a willing creature uh, up to 30 feet, which is extremely useful. As a bonus action. But yeah, but it is wisdom modifier number of times per long rest. So it useful, certainly. Uh, a few limited number of times per day for a 10th level ability, mm, 
I think it could definitely be stronger. Yeah, I mean, that's the problem is it's a good ability. It's just not, it, it's just, it comes too late and it doesn't like, doesn't make an impact at its tier. Um, yeah, like, give it's, me this it's a good Misty Step. And... Like Misty Step is great. We love Misty Step. Um, getting to use it, you know, five times, awesome. That being your 10th level ability, like, oh boy. Right, everyone's been Misty Stepping since level three. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and like the number of times at level 10 that, you know, you need to misty step five times or teleport a willing creature five separate times. Like there's better ways to handle a lot of that stuff. And your, your wild shape isn't strong enough in this subclass in order to take full advantage of it from a wild shape perspective. You know, you throw that on a moon druid. Okay. Yeah. Well now you have like, you know, God tier mobility in, in addition to being like, you know, a fun combat tank. Right. And also Wildfire Druid exists and we'll get to that later, but it teleports other people better than this. Uh, and the, the 14th level ability is Walker and Dreams, which is uh, you get to cast Dream, Scrying or a special teleportation circle. A uh, terrible teleportation circle. Yeah. <laughs> but you get to do it after every short uh, after every short rest, which is like fine. Uh, or, sorry. You get to do it after a short rest, once per long rest, which is fine. But like, it's a free fifth level spell. <laughs> like, what are we doing once here? Once per day. Yeah. Like, right. that's it. And and that's the thing. Like, when we were talking about Rogue, uh, I think the, the last ability comes at 17, right? And for the most part, we discount that because like, you know, to who gets to 17, right? Not many campaigns. 14, it's still high, but... It's a different story. Many more campaigns get to level 14. This is this should be like a capstone ability, and it is absolutely not. Yeah, it's it's quite bad. Um, I don't think we need to drain this any further. Uh, how low are we rating this? I was waffling between C and F. I think it's C just because, like, the Druid spell list is still really strong. And, like, you know, C is the classic, like, flawed choice. Right. And and I think this is just a flawed choice because at the end of the day, you're still you still get to be a full caster and you still get the utility of wild shape. And like it's it just doesn't matter. You know, I think I think the healing dice are probably the, the best thing that you get from this and that that can salvage it because there are a lot of uses for them. Yeah. OK, so we're comfortable Moving with on. dreams at C tier. I'm comfortable there. Yeah. All right. Then next up we have Land Druid, which I don't want to. I don't want to have to go through every single one of the circles. <laughs> um, but suffice to say, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight different choices of circle, which will give you free spells, uh, known and always prepared, based on mm-hmm. the the theme of the land type: so Arctic, coast, desert, forest, etc. Many of them very, very good packages of spells. Yeah, they're they're good packages of spells. Um, there's also like the level two ability gives you natural recovery, which lets you regain spell slots based on your uh, half your druid level. So it gives you that kind of classic like further extend your casting uh, on a short rest. Uh, only recovers your lower level slots up to fifth level, but still like that's, you know, a classic dedicated caster kind of ability. Um, you also get a bonus cantrip at level two and druids get a garbage number of cantrips. So this is a, a really nice boost. Mm-hmm. You're not like stuck choosing between like 
do I take guidance or or not? Yeah, you definitely want to have an extra thorn whip. Uh, at six, you get land stride. This is, uh, I mean, it depends on your campaign. So you can pass through non-magical plants without being slowed or taking damage from them. Doesn't matter. I don't think that's ever come up. I've played a land druid from one to 20. Don't think it ever came up. Yeah. You have advantage on saving throws against magically created plants or plants that are manipulated, like entangle. Doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Uh, but moving through non-magical difficult terrain costs you no extra movement. This has come up a lot. More than you think. Uh, sure. But like, you're a full caster. Why are you moving? Wild shape. You, you can fly it. <laughs> right. And if you're going through wind, that's difficult terrain. If you're, if you are not in a fish form and you're trying to swim through water, that's difficult terrain. I, if you're trying to cross scree or rubble, difficult terrain. So many times, like the if someone's playing a, a pre-written adventure, so many times it's just like, oh, and this is going to be difficult terrain. Or there are other abilities that are like, they cause difficult terrain. And you're just like, that doesn't matter to me. I, I, I was a land druid flying through the silt sea at full speed because it was difficult terrain. And it just didn't matter to me. Yeah, I... <laughs> <laughs> that I mean, would... it's, a, it's a six, right? It's not powerful, but it's not useless. It's not useless. It's not good. Uh, it's fine, right? Like, eh, like literally two levels later, you can fly, and then you always have a, a form that can deal with whatever terrain you've got to deal with. So, like, there's difficult terrain in the air. Yeah, but there's not difficult terrain in the air and the ground always. <laughs> like, there's always a way around it. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> I mean, hell, like, you know who deals with difficult terrain better? A level 10 dreams druid who just teleports around it. God. But who gets the level 10? Really? I stop at six. Oh, uh, it's silly. We've already spent too much time on this ribbon. Um, it doesn't matter. It's a ribbon. Um, it's like... But what's not a ribbon is nature's word at 10. You can't be charmed or frightened by elementals or fae. Horrible. Very niche. Right. But... You are immune to poison and disease. Um, that's great. Yeah, that's um, per, that's pretty good. I mean, disease is nothing. Poison fine, is whatever. real damage type. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It is, I, I the, will say, it is still the least represented damage in the monster manual, though. Yeah, yeah. Um, but when it comes up, you're like, oh, right. And then it's one of the few damage type immunities where it has role play applications because mm-hmm. now you go through the dinner party scene and you're like i don't care <laughs> i poisoned everything i i also find it annoying that you're not immune to the poison condition so like you don't take poison damage but you can be poisoned it's uh, you know it, but it's just one of those like it, it's a phb class so it's uh you know right i think rai is that you are because pretty much everywhere else where it's written like this it's, it, whatever yeah you're it's up to your gm and then 14, like this is the weak point. 14. Well, unfortunately. Yeah, it's it's nothing. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't matter. Nature Sanctuary. Um, yeah, like beasts and plant creatures that attack you have to make a saving throw or they fail. Um, how many beasts are you fighting level 14? What are we talking about? Yeah, I think they top out at CR8 in the original monster manual. So like it it doesn't matter. It is unfortunate. It's a 
it's a strong miss in the PHP. Well, because we are where we are in the um, in the Morning Glory two recap, uh, and I know what's coming. Um, I will just slight spoiler, but I will say this would be very useful in like a place like Lamania. <laughs> Where you got gigantic <laughs> sized beasts running around. That's a panther. Yeah. The size of a mountain. The, pan- the mountain panther must a make a wisdom saving throw to hurt me. <laughs> You're a kitty kitty. It's in fact not going to attack anyone in the party because it can't target you individually. <laughs> right. So, I mean, I think I like this one more than you do. Uh, but the the uselessness of the 14 really drags it down um i I mean i like it today yeah like i i think i'd like it less than you do but i still think it's just it's an a tier right like it's it's the best best or second best caster like it's still good it's very playable yeah yeah i i never felt like i was missing out when i was playing it uh next up moon druid shane um this is not a spoiler. This is the this is the quintessential, not only the quintessential wild shaped druid, but I think in five e probably the quintessential druid. It is the, like I mean we can save a lot of trouble here. It's the S tier druid. It is the yeah. the it it is the power defining druid um, because it gets combat wild shape and its wild shape scales faster, and you get real forms um, with real CRs. Like you have enough hit points to actually do your job um you know you get elemental types you get um magical attacks which is a ribbon ability but it is actually one of those things where it's like if you don't have it you're kind of (laughs) hosed so right it's a fix right it's a patch it's a patch yeah exactly but you get it at level six which is exactly when you need it so you know like it just yeah, I, I mean, I, we don't have to drain this. I don't think anybody should be surprised if you've read the Moon Druid. Like, it is the it's the definitional one. Um, right. Its weakest the ability is fourteen. Oh, right. Thousand forms. You can cast Alter Self at will. Like, it isn't fine. great, but it's fine. It makes you a changeling. You know. Yeah. It's um, super thematic. Right. So, like throughout, really, what you're getting is you can turn into beasts with a CR up to one third of your druid level. But what that functionally means is you're getting new abilities every three levels rather than just four times. You're like, you get a power boost at three and at six and at nine and at 12 and it, you know, like it constantly, you're like, ooh, what's the, what's the new creature I can turn into now? Ooh. And you know, the quote unquote drawback is that at like level five, when everyone else is getting extra attack or fireball, you're like, oh, I don't have my level six, like CR two animals yet. Wait it out. Yeah. <laughs> You'll be fine. Yeah. I mean, it's it's funny because like, you know, wild shape scales fine up to like level four, right? Like all druids are pretty good wild shapes at level yeah, four. Uh-huh. And then at level five, like, and, and then especially at level six, right? Like, that's where it's just like, Moon Druid is go to the Moon Druid. <laughs> and, right, and uh, everyone else is stuck at 11 HP. Yeah, exactly. And, then, and that's, that's yeah. what happens, right? It's like, it's the only one that has enough hit points in its wild shape to reliably use them in combat without just getting wiped out, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, you also, like, 
you wild shape as a bonus action rather than an action, which means mm -hmm. you can do which it in huge. combat without giving anything up. You can cast a spell, then wild shape. You can wild right. shape, then go attack, right? Like you have your full kit available to you at all times. No other druid gets to do that. Right. And on top of that, I think people forget that you also get a really great heal self-healing ability. You can yeah. burn spells to give yourself... To, to heal yourself, to heal your your beast form, yeah, and as, which means stay in beast form, which means use fewer wild shapes, right? As a bonus action, which lets you still do your beast's multi attack and and its regular actions, because you know monster stat blocks don't have bonus actions, <laughs> so right. you've always which, got that free to heal yourself. It's like it's just a very very strong and well designed way of being, uh, you know, an animal in combat. Mm -hmm. And it means that unlike every other druid who is trying to use wild shape effectively, you're not just sitting on a pile of unused spell slots that you feel like are wasted. Right. Yeah, you get to so, waste yeah. them <laughs> for, <laughs> for effect. On me. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's. Uh, so that's yeah. S tier. Moving on. No debate necessary. Uh, next one is the uh, circle of the shepherd, which. You know, it, it's themed around being the summoning druid. Um, yeah. In reality, it is maybe the healing druid. <laughs> yeah it it reminds me of the four fourth edition D D class, the shaman, mm -hmm. which was all built around a spirit that you summoned, and then it had an aura that had abilities, right? Yep. And that is essentially that's what this class is structured upon, right? Uh, so at level two, you can uh, speak to animals and read and write Sylvan. Fine, cool. You know, it's great. Um, and then as a bonus action, you can summon a spirit. The nice thing about the spirit is it can take one of three forms. And every time you summon it, you can pick a different form. Yes. Uh, the bear gives you temp HP and bonuses to strength uh, checks and saving throws. The hawk spirit gives you... Um, lets you use your reaction to grant advantage on an attack, uh, and then gives your um allies uh advantage on perception checks, and then and those are both those are both fine. They're the two you'll never use. What you're here for is yeah. unicorn spirit, <laughs> uh, which and, and this is a um this is a thirty foot radius aura. Right? It's the whole battlefield. You and your allies gain advantage on all ability checks made to detect creatures. Whatever. In addition, when you cast a spell using a spell slot that restores hit points to any creature inside or outside the aura, each creature of your choice <laughs> in the aura regains hit points equal to your druid level. You are pinging healing like crazy with this. And it's like, it's also like... You know, sometimes it's like, okay, well, you know, everybody gets D6 hit points and it's like, ha, whatever, it's six hit points. Like, you're consistently just delivering more hit points and all you have to do is heal, which druids already have good group healing. So, like, you are just pinging extra hit points all over the battlefield every round to be a healer. Right. Like we said, the saving grace of the Circle of Dreams is that you get this pool of healing dice and you know you can sprinkle it around like lay of hands and get people back up from zero you just do that automatically all the time mm -hmm. also it applies to like creatures don't have to be you know able to hear it they don't have to be able to see it like if you're lying dying on the ground 
you heal anybody on the battlefield and they get back up. It isn't even heal up to five creatures of your choice right. or heal wisdom modifier creatures of your choice. It's all creatures of your choice. If you are playing a mass combat scenario and you are leading an army, you heal every one of your level two soldiers. Yes. <laughs> Which, you know, <laughs> funny you should mention that because the ribbon ability at level six where everyone else gets useless shit, <laughs> you get mighty summoner, which buffs your summoning. Um, with extra hit points and magical attacks with their natural weapons. So which again is a patch. Is a patch. Yes, but point being, like you are now able to use your spells to summon, keep your summoned creatures in the unicorn spirit and now they have extra hit points just by existing. First by just increasing their total and second by constantly giving them more hit points. You get to flood the battlefield with an army of your summoned creatures. Right. You're not really a mighty summoner because they have a few extra hit points. You're a mighty summoner because your unicorn keeps them all alive. Exactly. <laughs> the class sucks. The unicorn amazing. <laughs> you are just a vessel for your unicorn spirit. And I think like a couple things to note here, one of the reasons that this is quite good, and we'll see this sort of as a trend, is one, you're not burning wild shapes to use the spirit. Correct. And there are a lot of other subclasses that we'll see that basically, instead of giving you an additional ability, say, hey, here's a thing you can do instead of wild shape. Right. Uh, and you have a level six ability that does something, right? Previously, we've seen that, you know, land druid gets like a half ability at six and moon druid gets like a proper very strong ability at six yep and so does this one uh at level 10 you'll get guardian spirit which um <laughs> throws more healing onto your summoned creatures uh give you they gain half your uh druid level hit points at the end of their turn inside your aura so they're just collecting hit points for free I mean, it's only a beast or fae that you summon, which is, is of course, why you only summon so beasts, beasts or fae. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then at level 14, you'll have faithful summons, which is a contingency, like, ninth level yeah. summoning spell. <laughs> like a ninth level <laughs> conjure animals as a contingency upon dropping to zero hit points. Very funny ability to me, but... I don't know. Right. Very riveting. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's the one time you get to pick what animals show up with conjure animals, although it has to be four beasts of challenge rating two or lower that, you know, protect you from harm and attack your foes for an hour. It, it, I mean, it does mean like, okay, if you're incapacitated or reduces zero hit points, this happens. It goes off and lasts for an hour. So if someone else brings you back, then now you have four additional summons for up to an hour. Correct. Yeah, that's really what it is. is a rubber band mechanic if you get knocked out. Um, right. I, I mean, it, I honestly, honestly might just be like, uh, could you inca incapacitate me, quote unquote, against my will so I can get a free ninth level conjure animals? Right. Because, <laughs> you know, I'm a level 14 druid uh, who is the best healer uh, of my generation. Uh, I'm not going to drop to zero hit points. Yeah, exactly. I mean, let's, uh, in fairness, right, like the balancing factor of this class, like it's obviously hugely contingent on the power of Unicorn Spirit. And the balancing factor here is um, you only get it uh, once per short rest. Mm -hmm. And up, up to one minute, which probably is the whole fight. But if you're incapacitated, it goes away. And 
There isn't a way to bring it back. Correct. So it isn't like you'll always have this up. You'll have it a lot, but you'll have it at pivotal moments, but you won't always have it up. Um, And then you are just the summoning druid. You're, you know, no worse than any other caster, but you're not really getting huge benefits either. Um, For that reason, I think I feel like this lands back in the A tier. I I agree. I mean, it's because you have moon druid, right? right? Which has no drawbacks. Right. And you don't need to play carefully. Correct. And I feel like if you want to play, you know, pure output druid for a spellcaster, you go land. If you want to play support and healing druid, you play um, shepherd. Uh, l- let me ask you this. Were, like how, before 5th edition, were you a druid player? No. I know you, you have played like a 5e druid basically up, you know, full campaign, 1 to 20. So have I. But prior to 5e, I basically was like, in 3.5, I was like, no, druids are too powerful. And in 4th edition, I was like, meh, lots of other things to play. Uh, I've never really... Well, so in 3rd edition, they also got the animal companion. And it was always just like, oh, this seems like a lot. Like, I just don't want to deal with it. And I, like, I'm like, i not that into the naturalist kind of like thing. So, no, I've never been much of a druid fan. But I like him. I was surprised at how much I liked it in 5e. Um, it's interesting that we both liked it. We both played PHP classes because you played land. Mm-hmm. I played moon. Um, yeah, I mean, I liked it. Um, you know, I, <laughs> my gripe is with 5e is what we mentioned in the, the D and D movie episode is that like, I wish I could do more trivial wild shaping, right. Um, more regularly. And I could use wild shape as more of a multi-tool, rather than you know like you only get it so, such a limited number of times a day and you have to like carefully marshal that you know it's just to, yeah. to limit the hit points because like that's what sucked about being a moon druid was like man am i gonna burn a fifth of my combat effectiveness in order to like scout ahead sure as long as you guarantee me that we're getting a rest soon right <laughs> you yeah. know um or you know maybe can i rest in animal form eventually i can and then all right great they refresh yeah, that's over for these hoes <laughs> yeah um i mean now that now that you mentioned it i would love a subclass that goes in the opposite direction of moon druid that focuses on wild shape and staying in wild shape pretty much all the time but that goes like the rogue direction as opposed to the fighter direction hmm. where like i don't necessarily need big beefy creatures that do a lot of damage i want to be able to do it a lot more use a lot of forms and use the utility of those forms mm-hmm. but you know we don't have one yet and we probably won't get one, but that's okay. <laughs> it's fine. But we do have a gross zombie druid. We have circle of spores. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, um, it's the the death focused necrotic damage dealing druid. It also seems to be the melee druid kind of sorta. It's yeah. It's it's interesting, right? It's the melee. Not it's the melee caster druid. Mm-hmm. right because you don't really want to be in wild shape because it's the gish. You, you don't have any buffs to your wild shape so you're not going to be in it very long um right. you get circle spells which are they're good for the most part i mean they're they're pretty good they're good uh, they're anime fine. dead blight cloud kill yes yeah. these are these are good spells the, you get the chill kill, chill touch cantrip 
yeah the the well here's what i'll say the issue with it is that the third level spells are blindness deafness and gentle repose which are not yeah. great I, blindness right. deafness is mm, okay Whatever. but the re- like i mean gentle repose is really bad um but you get bonus spells at all which most druids don't right um you get a halo of spores which deal a small amount of uh of necrotic damage necrotic damage yeah to creatures you can see within 10 feet of you Um, and they get a saving throw and you don't deal half damage and they're allies and you have to use your reaction yes yeah but the the triggers are going to happen every round right a creature you can see moves into a space within 10 feet of you or starts just turn there like you'll be able to use it all the time if you have no other use for your reaction right you're right and sorry it takes the reaction so it's not going to hit your allies but still it's like yes you'll always be using your reaction for this and it will always be a tickle until a little bit later well we'll we'll get to that yeah um you also can use your wild shape not to wild shape but instead uh, give yourself four temporary hit points uh for every level of druid that you have this is a lot of HP. This mm-hmm. is a lot of temp HP. Yeah. Um, and while that, while you still have those temporary hit points, right, which is probably not for very long at low levels, but probably for a while at higher levels, uh, you can double your Halo Spores damage to like slightly more than a tickle. Um, and all your melee weapon attacks deal an additional D6 necrotic damage. That's every attack. So if there is some way that you can get extra attack or attack more than once, that's fine. You'll you'll get it. And um, if you're in animal form and are clawing or biting or whatever, this will also get added. Yep. Um, This is good, but too limited, right? Because it only lasts until you run out of temp HP. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, at level two, that's eight hit points. That's one attack. Yep. <laughs> like and it's never really going to scale past one attack. Um I mean at level at level 10 you have 40 but uh, but that's like two oh, attacks. Sure, it's it's one multi attack. <laughs> y- yes. <laughs> like, <laughs> yes. Um and and you don't you're a druid, you don't get AC. So, you know. Um anyway, okay. And then at level 6 uh, you get fungal infestation, which is the, I mean, the least ribbony of them, I suppose. Mm. Um, but it allows you to create zombies out of um, out of corpses that are within ten feet of you when they die. Right, so you can't happen upon them, right? Right. It's if a beast or humanoid that is small or medium dies within ten feet of you, although that's pretty common. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> <laughs> then you can animate it as a reaction, which is also nice. Um, and you get a zombie. With one hit uh, point. Although it only has, yeah, it only has one hit point. So you kind of need to like heal it up, well, you know? It, it, takes, it, it takes your turn immediately. So like it will get the attacks. Um, and it doesn't go away uh, for an hour. So it is also possible here. You can do it up to wisdom modifier times per long rest. So you can also be like, and I feel like this is pretty this is pretty like um appropriate for a Halo Spores druid character is like, hey, I'm gonna go reaping. 
let, <laughs> let me go find some some minions or like oh great there's a there's a room full of uh, minions before the boss cool yeah uh yep stab you animate your corpse you stab that great animate your corpse okay you know keep going i got uh i haven't hit my wisdom modifier yet yeah it is <laughs> i know it's why it's in the limit the the ribbon slot it's realistically pretty limited value but fun right uh and and the times where you get to like get your zombie army and and reanimate them like uh like clickers in the walking dead like great yeah and that like you're gonna get a cheer at the table when you have that one hit point zombie that you've just animated and it gets hit (laughs) right it crits and then also it gets hit and it succeeds on the undead fortitude and doesn't die. <laughs> You're like, oh, oh my god, two hits? Oh. Yeah. <laughs> um, at level 10, you get spreading spores, which as a bonus action, um, while you are in your symbiotic entity, so while you still have those temp HP, you can throw spores uh, 30 feet um and create a cube uh, at that location to deal your damage yeah but you can't then also deal your halo spores damage while that's happening so the yeah well right but um it doesn't cost you your um right your reaction your to reaction. do it it just hits all all creatures in the cube which you know could be could be handy um it's it's fine um it is a it's good. Just so, okay. I was gonna say it's a good thematic ability that adds value to the class. Unfortunately, it's improving a bad chassis. <laughs> like, like it squeezes more horsepower out of a weak motor. Right. Like this subclass does a thing that I actually really dislike in either a class or a subclass, which is it builds upon the same ability right over and over again it is dependent upon the previous ability being active which means if you run out of it or for some reason it's not active or you haven't got a chance to activate it your later abilities your what are supposed to be your more powerful abilities just don't exist yep yep the only ability that you should be allowed to do that with is sneak attack (laughs) it's the only (laughs) ability that actually like regularly triggers um that it doesn't just gut a class if you anyway whatever it doesn't matter um 14th level fungal body is great uh you're yeah. immune to blind deaf and frightened and poisoned conditions and that's amazing crits, well, just in and of itself that's amazing right and crits count as normal hits which is also like one of the strongest things you can have period right because it's not that like the issue with high level combat is not the raw damage it's the swing damage right the suddenly you're taking double what you expected and that screws your plan um of course if you're incapacitated that doesn't apply um which means that you still take two failed death saving throws on a crit when you are at zero hit points yes so that that part sucks yeah but i mean fine it's not like it's it's it, i mean it's still really good it's, but it, it, it's a great level it's one of the best level 14s yes because most of the level 14s are actually for some reason really bad right but again it just comes really late it comes late and it's on a really really weak engine um yeah i 
where are you landed on this one? This is C tier for uh, me, I think. Did you say C? Yeah. Yeah, that's where I was going to put it as well. Okay. Uh, yeah. I'm concerned about our parody. Same. Same. Well, let's just keep plowing ahead and let's see. All right. I'm sure we'll find something to argue about. Stars. Circle S-tier. of stars. <laughs> stars is very middling for me. Yeah. You get guidance. Great. Because as a druid, you're going to take guidance. You get Guiding Bolt. Guiding Bolt's a great spell. You can cast Guiding Bolt. Uh, proficiency bonus times per day. Okay. Not very useful later on, but like early on, I'm totally going to cast Guiding Bolt. No yep. problem. Yep. Uh, and then you get a Starry Form, which again, uses your Wild Shape, which is not a mechanic that I love. But okay, fine. Uh, the nice thing is that, let's see, it lasts until you're incapacitated, die, or use it again. You get three options you can be an archer, which gives you a bonus action attack that deals a little bit of radiant damage within 60 feet. You can be a chalice, which uh, heals you. Or another yeah, creature. Heals you a little bit each time you uh, cast a spell that heals you or another creature close by. Uh, uh, or it can be a dragon. Well, no, hang on, hang on. It's... it it. Heals you or another creature whenever you cast a oh. healing spell. Uh-huh. Yeah, right. Okay. So it's slightly better, but yes. Uh, or it can be a dragon, uh, which gives you a minimum of 10 on uh, concentration checks. Uh, yeah, or intelligence or wisdom. These feel like, I don't know, sort of like grab bags of abilities that don't necessarily have a th- theme. And I think for me that that sort of runs through the subclasses. Like, okay, I, I, that's an interesting ability. Mm-hmm. I don't see how it ties to a thing. It doesn't really synergize with anything. Uh, but but okay. True, but this is a tier list, not a not a lore list. So if the abilities are good, it doesn't matter if they're thematic. <laughs> um, I you know it's it's interesting because I do think these are all actually pretty good um at low levels like when you get it at level two feels good right you get a you get a chance to get a bonus action attack you get boosted healing you get you know um i mean reliable talent on concentration at level two is really like nothing to sneeze at like you're you have you know as you as you level like you're going to get those spells that are maintain concentration reactivate them every turn Right. I mean, the saving grace is that you have three options, right? Yeah. And they're very different options. But like, but again, like you use, you know, your um, uh, call lightning or whatever, like now you have something to do with your bonus action in the archer form, right? Like you can throw some, some targeted damage as well as like using your spell, um, your spells action every turn. Oh no, that's not right. Cause that's a bonus action activate. Um, But either way, I mean, like, it gives you flexibility. Like, I do like this. I do think it's like, it's pretty good up to a point, but like it also runs out of steam beyond just reliable talent on concentration. So then you're even, heavily even indexed on the, your concentration spells. Right. And even with the boosts later. Um, and that's the thing. Like if you're not a concentration heavy druid, like if that's not your spell selection, then okay, you'll take one of these others. But like, well, you, you know, the first two don't scale particularly well. And I think, what happens sometimes when when you read 
classes with a lot of options, which happens with Totem Barbarian, right? Is your brain sort of like adds them together and you're like, wow, you get a lot from this class until you are playing it and you make your selections and then you realize, oh, that precludes everything else. Uh, right. What I actually get is this one thing. And each of these is like small. Yep. So it's six. I like I like this great. Uh, you, you roll a die uh, on evens. You uh, proficiency bonus times per day. Uh, you can use your reaction to add a d6 uh, to a creature's attack roll, saving through our ability check. And on odds, you subtract a d6 from the same. Yeah, it, it's great. <laughs> yep, agree. Yeah. Um. Uh. Yeah. Nothing. Nothing else to say. Really strong ability. I like it. At 10, your starry forms improve. So again, if you're not using your starry form or you have, you know, scouted ahead with your wild shape and you don't have starry forms to activate, this does absolutely nothing. Yep. But it boosts your damage on your archer ability. It boosts the healing in your chalice ability. And the dragon, uh, again, if, I, if I'm focused on concentration spells, does the fact that being in my dragon form give me a fly speed of 20 matter it might but it also might not at all Mm -hmm. right but i'm locked into it because i (laughs) i selected dragon earlier yeah Mm. Mm, yeah and that's i guess what i mean by theme right it's not it's not necessarily the lore tying together although i do like it when it does but it's that i'm playing a certain type of character and what i hope is when i choose something that all of the abilities that follow from it, right? If I take everything in the feet chain or whatever, that they'll all be useful to me. Well, no, no, and no, no. Hang like, on, hang on. Because every time you take starry form, you choose which form you take. Right, right. But, you know, if I'm focusing on concentration spells as a druid, then I'm going to be taking dragon. Sure. Right. Yeah, and so yeah. it might just be that since I, you know, I take dragon every time or like 90% of the time I take dragon, it might just be that the fly speed doesn't do anything for this character because right. whatever, I'm an Aarakocra, I have a fly speed, you know? Yeah. Like, and now my level 10 does nothing. <laughs> That's true, yep. And it's only here because dragons fly. That's it. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> Give me a breath weapon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, a, a breath weapon bonus actually would be funny because um, it would compete with your best concentration spells anyway. <laughs> Uh, and then 14 is a good. The only drawback is it only um, applies in your starry form. But resistance to bludgeoning, piercing, and slashing with no um, no qualifier that it has to be non-magical is great. Yeah. Yeah, it's really good. Um, and that's, you know, that's kind of the class in a nutshell is it's like, yeah, it's got some really good abilities. And then it's got... Um, some very middling abilities, right? Like starry mm-hmm. form is, is great at times. Um, you know, I, it's like, I, so he, here's my thing is that druids, druids are prepared casters, but they know all their spells. So like, you don't have to make any specialization, any real specialization early on that's going to really come to roost on that level 10 ability. I mean, I hear you about like dragon basically getting a useless upgrade agreed. Um, or, or an awesome one, you know, well actually it's 20 foot fly speed. So it's, it's not, not even your walking not speed. Awesome. Yeah. It's great if you're going to yeah. earthquake or, um, 
you know, like yeah, tsunami or something, right? Like, <laughs> well, you know, give me give me ten rounds to get high enough above the tsunami for sure. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, it's it's great if you're getting thrown out of a building. How's that? Um, yeah. Okay. Agreed. Like, you know, so whatever. It's like I, I hear you on that, but also like, you know, you you have full control of your spells every day. Like, you could. You, you know, you can lean back in and try Archer, try Chalice, whatever is necessary on the Today day. Today I'm using Chalice, but I it is level, you know, 10 and Chalice is becoming, well, not Chalice, probably Archer is becoming less useful. Archer is becoming less useful. plus Wisdom modifier. Yeah, but I'm, you know, Radiant Damage is pretty much always good. Um, I don't know. It, like, it, this, this feels B tier to me. Uh, let me look at my notes. I think, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. solid b tier yeah like i i'm very rarely upset about the ability that i gained at this level right does it necessarily make sense does it necessarily synergize really well with everything Meh, maybe maybe not i guess i'll switch my spells today or from now on right That's, but yeah it's fine it's fine <laughs> it's it's a weird theme like the yeah i don't know like the astrology themed druid just doesn't make a ton of sense to me but like right you think they'd be like uh you know those stars are nowhere near each other right, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah I just, it's look whatever it's fine i um right b is b is extremely playable right yeah and also like i i i can look at it as the the you know, collection of abilities rather than the theme around those abilities. Um, but that's fine. I, yeah, I think B is, is exactly where it belongs. All right. And then last, we get to the wildfire. Uh, you get some circle spells. They all have mm-hmm. fire or healing. Uh, and they're good spells, right? Burning Hands, Flaming Sphere, Scorching Ray, Revivify, Aura of Life, Flame Strike, Mask Cure Wounds. Mm-hmm. Yep. I mean, you also yeah, get, you a, also get cures and plant growth to just round out the, uh, the full, um, like the full theme of like, you know, fire destroys and then reburn, rebirths. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and then you get, and I think this is sort of, this is like class, subclass defining, right? This is a thing that you can't do with any other druid is you get an animal companion, which mm-hmm. is the thing that a pro- a, probably a lot of you missed from third edition. Right. It only took getting to what was this in Tasha's? I think so. So you get um, an animal companion spirit that you can summon as an action by expending one of your wild shapes. Okay, fine. It kind of sucks that we're not like, hi, we're both going to be little firefoxes. But <laughs> right. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> um, when it appears, and this is a little weird, when it appears, you can have it show up in a space that you can see within 30 feet of you. And every creature within 10 feet other than you has to succeed on a dexterity saving throw or take a bit of fire damage. Um, it's not party friendly, except that a lot of its other abilities are party friendly. So you kind of have to be like, show up over there and then I need you to move over in order to like do the thing. But, but I mean, it is, you can use it offensively. Although then you're putting it in harm's way and it's probably going to get murked, you know? So. Yeah, it's got. Five times your druid level in hit points. Yeah, plus five. AC 13. Yeah, so it's not. Yeah, the AC is the issue. Um, 
it's got enough it has enough hit points if it could ever avoid a hit but yeah you don't really want it up close well then you command it with a bonus action right right which is um the the like updated like beast rules which tend to work better um and then you know it scales on proficiency bonus so that's you know better although it, it tops out at cr6 and its main abilities are it has a flame seed ranged weapon attack fine whatever it also has an action it can do at will called fiery teleportation which we alluded to earlier it and each willing creature of your choice within five feet of it teleport up to 15 feet and each creature within five feet of the space that all of you left or that it left now uh get a deck save against taking some fire damage so really this is probably the main thing that you're doing with the wildfire spirit is it's hanging out with you or your buddies or whatever and every round it's spending your bonus action so that it can use its action to disappear and reappear in a new place positioning the entire party in advantageous locations or getting them out of harm's way or whatever right um all the time constantly and dealing a little bit of fire damage here a little bit of fire damage there I played a character that did something like this, and I'm just I'm trying to remember what it was. Was it when I had a blink dog in fourth edition? It might have been it might have been when I was a warlock with Eldritch Step. I don't remember, but I remember like every round it was I think it was 4E. Every round, basically the whole party disappeared and then reappeared nearby in whatever arrangement we wanted. And it was extremely useful yeah i mean honestly the additional bit of fire damage probably complicates things because not everyone will necessarily want to move but in this instance you'll probably just make everyone move (laughs) yeah yeah i was gonna say like the thing is it doesn't do any real damage right it's like d6 plus proficiency bonus so like if it's not getting value out of the positioning it's not getting a ton of value um i mean at a certain point i would rather save the time on the die roll Right. Of all the all those disability saving throws, you know. Right. I'll just take one plus proficiency, please. Great. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> or just none. It's fine. I don't have to deal damage. Yeah. Um, okay. So then at level six we have enhanced bond, which gives you the weird wording of fifth edition, but gives you an extra D eight damage on a damage roll or a healing roll of a spell while your wildfire spirit is up. Right. Of a fu- a fire or healing spell, but that's all you're going to be casting. Yeah. I, it's, Why would it be anything else? Right. Um, uh, and then uh, you can also cast spells originating from your spirit if you're in different places, which probably won't be, but that's fine. You know, an, an extra D8 on, you know, your firebolt cantrip. Cool. Yeah. Uh, and appropriate for level six. Yep. Uh, at level 10, my issue with this is that it just, the trigger doesn't, happen all that much so when a small when a creature small or larger dies within 30 feet of your spirit a spectral flame appears and sometime in the next minute when a creature enters that space you use your reaction and then either deal fire damage to it or heal it a little bit so many things need to fall into place and it's so easy for enemies to be like, oh, weird, a spectral flame appeared in the middle of the battlefield when my friend died. I don't think I'll walk into it. Yeah, but but then your ally walks into it, right? Is we'll the- get it and get gets a, a token bit of healing, proficiency bonus, 
times per day. Fine, I guess. I, like, I don't think this is terrible. I don't think it's strong. I think it just is. Um, what I what I do find amusing about this class is that it is the grid combat class of grid combat classes in this. <laughs> like, yeah, boy, does you it can't need do theater grid. of the mind. No, it, I mean, I suppose you can. It would just be annoying, and it also like the value of this is so greatly reward, like based on how big your combats are, right? Like yeah. you've got to have enough stuff in the fight. If you're constantly just fighting like two creatures, like two big boss type creatures at a time, you get no value out of it. It's just, right. you know, a right. boss fight, it gives you nothing unless there's, what do you ads. mean? We, what do you mean? We're fighting a solo red dragon. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so it's just it's kind of middling in that regard. Uh, I, I think the thing I don't like about this ability is the paperwork. Yeah, I know. At a table, which is like, okay, let me put a token down, and it lasts for one minute. So let's start the timer. Okay. Yeah. Is anybody gonna? Someone can run into this, please, so I don't have to keep track of it. Exactly. <laughs> like it would just be so much easier to come up with a different, just to come up with a different ability and just be like, hey, point at a creature, it takes fire damage, or you heal it. Way easier. Agreed. Um, and then at level 14, you get Blazing Revival, uh, continuing the theme of contingency spells. But uh, when you drop to zero, if you are within 120 feet of your spirit, uh, you can instead cause it to drop to zero and you regain half your hit points immediately. Um, once per long rest. Great ability. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome level 14 ability. Probably should be a little bit earlier even. Um, yeah. But, you know, I'm not going to complain. So I've kvetched about like the, the details of this class, but it feels like a solid a to me. Um, it's the only thing that gives you a pet and it's a useful pet. Oh man. Some of these are, some of these I think are quite strong abilities. Uh, We disagree so much on the value of positioning. (laughs) Really? Because if I were doing theater of the mind, I would just say, can we play it this way? Um, we all disappear and show up safely, and then everyone we were fighting with takes a bit of fire damage. Cool, cool. Uh, but it's fifteen feet. It's like I don't know. It just the class needs a grid, and then you just get into this whole like gridded out mess, and you're constantly de- at risk of dealing damage to your allies, which always feels bad. Uh, well, you just take them with you. Well, sometimes, right? and then, sure, but like, uh, man. And then, and then you, yeah, you just take them with you. That's that's what you would always do. That or nobody cares about one d six plus proficiency bonus fire damage. I mean, you know, sure, but it's still procs concentration checks and things like that. So, like, it's not nothing. Um, uh i i don't know a a seems too high i mean i think it's i i felt pretty solidly b uh but it also gets the circle spells yeah i know it gets more fire damage but then you're you're kind of stuck in fire i mean but look at look what else is it b stars this is much better than stars yeah but it's not better than shepherd and it's not better than land Hmm. I mean, it's if if it's A, it's the bottom of A. If it's B, it's the top of B. But uh, 
I mean, yes, it is. It is one of those two places. I put it at the bottom. I would put it at the bottom of A. But I guess I don't know. Fun- functionally, does it matter? Here's here's what I would say. Like, if we go on the standard of like, people are gonna feel good about having A in your party. Are people gonna be excited about having B in their party? They're not gonna complain, but I don't know they're gonna be. But excited. they're not gonna be like, ooh. I think yeah. people will be excited about about the spirit. You think? I think so. All right, I, but That's I think fine. I think it may it may take playing with it until you realize how much positioning, how much you're constantly heliporting. Yeah, which I mean, constantly every every round is what you'll do, and the other the nice thing about the other nice thing about fiery teleportation is that it has out of combat abilities. Forget the fire damage, right? Um, if we're in jail, I will just teleport the entire party to the other side of the bars and now we're out of jail great sure and when, how often can i do that constantly <laughs> sure that's definitely <laughs> what they're gonna let you do in, in magic jail but yes fine uh we'll put it in well you know too. i didn't tell them that i have that i have a firefox <laughs> i remember one one thing i did it was a four E game i remember we're, we're, dude, was, we're over we're like well well over an hour like we don't oh, need more stories okay let's move on <laughs> so let's talk about the rage mage no. Okay, so our final tier list then, S tier, Moon Druid, A tier, mm-hmm. Land, Shepherd, and Wildfire, B tier, mm-hmm. Stars, and C tier is Dreams and Spores. And so, no F. No F tier. Druid's yeah. a pretty good class. Yeah, pretty good. Don't, don't play Dreams, but, you know, probably don't play Dreams. Okay. Do you hear that, Ishan? It is me in your dreams telling you not to play a dreams druid. All right. Well, then it's time to move on to the character creation forge and find something else. But before we do that, let's talk about how our listeners can get in contact with us. We do love hearing from you. You can tweet at Shane at Mundangerous. That's M-U-N Dangerous. And you can tweet at Ishan at Evil Sans Carne. That's Malice minus Meat. And you can tweet at the show at TPTCast. You can also email us at TotalPartyThrill at gmail.com. And you can find us on the web at www.TotalPartyThrill.com. We're also on Facebook and Instagram at TotalPartyThrill. And join the conversation on Discord. There's a link in the show notes. All right, so this week in the Character Creation Forge, as we have alluded to, we have the Rage Mage. This has been on the list for a while, Shane, and I'm interested to see what you've put together for us. What's the build? Uh, It's a very angry wizard. Because he's only got five levels of wizard. <laughs> um, I so okay. So classically, like you are a you know you have barbarian rage and you cast spells. How do you make this work? You can't. Um, is the short answer because like you're just not allowed to cast spells and you're not allowed to maintain concentration as a barbarian raging. Um, but there are ways around this. There are a couple ways around this. Um, but none of them are good. <laughs> so I was wondering if you go like Blade Singer. No, it doesn't work. Um, <laughs> wah, wah. Yeah, so we're here for War Wizard up to level five, and then the rest will just be Barbarian. Um, and it's kind of what is the incremental value you can get out of War Wizard uh, compared to other stuff. So you start out Barbarian 1, you get your Rage, you get your Unarmored Defense. Um, like we talked about, that'll prevent you from casting spells but you can still benefit from their effects so that kind of becomes what the war wizard is about um take five levels of war wizard you get the 
kind of base ability, arcane deflection, you can use your reaction for a plus two to AC or a plus four to a saving throw that you failed. Um, the restriction then is you can only cast cantrips until your next turn, which, you know, that sucks if you're a war wizard. It does not suck if you're a barbarian. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that's a free, that's just a, a free constant mini shield or especially that plus four bonus to saving throws is like yeah. really hard to get. Um, and then you also get uh, tactical wit, which gives you your uh, intelligence bonus to initiative. Um, you'll have third level spells, which kind of come in a few different tranches. You've got rituals, which are, you know, great. Um, you probably won't be the only ritual caster in your party. <laughs> Hopefully your barbarian is not your only ritual caster, but it's there. But your wizard might be like, oh, good. I don't care. Right. <laughs> Yeah. Um, you get your non-combat utility spells, you know, your divinations, your alarms, arcane locks, glyphs of warding, that sort of stuff. Um, you also get the spells that are useful when you're low in the initiative order and you might have to use before your rage comes up. So absorb elements and shield, both pretty handy there. Um, if your uh, arcane deflection isn't going to be enough to turn a hit into a miss. Um, Interestingly, you get your pre-battle prep spells. Mage armor may actually give you some value early on because depending on whether you take constitution or intelligence second, um, like you might just get more AC from dex plus 13 rather than dex plus con plus 10. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, if you've only got 14 con, mage armor is better. Um, you can get things like long strider and stuff like that to give you, you know, hour long buffs, which are pretty reliable, you know, before battle. Um, and then there's the spells that you can cast in combat before you rage. So turn one, instead of attacking, you might mirror image or cast blink and then rage, neither of which requires concentration, but gives you some fun, uh, well, blink of fun, (laughs) but mirror image gives you some fun defensive abilities. Um, you know, by uh, and and that last will f- last for the fight, and then the thing that actually works totally fine, anime dead. You're an anime dead wizard. <laughs> you have an army of Which, skeletons and zombies. I mean, you make a lot of dead. Yeah, so you still get to use your bonus action. Obviously, when you rage, um, you uh, you know you'll use that. You'll use your bonus action to rage, but um, otherwise, you could use your bonus action to direct your undead. Um, but importantly, intelligence is only affecting your spells prepared. Uh, it doesn't really uh, affect your spell effectiveness because uh, you're not really relying on your damage spells. You could, um, you know, you could go for intelligence second or pick up like a headband of intellect or whatever, and then you know, like rely on maybe casting a first round fireball or something like that for a while. Um, but you don't have to. But yeah, the only caveat I would throw out here is you you do need to pay attention to your action order. Like if you try to take an action that is not attacking and then you use your bonus action to rage, your rage will end if you haven't taken any damage since your last turn or attacked like say as a reaction or something uh, like an opportunity attack since your last turn. If those triggers have been met, feel free to like cast your mirror image or whatever and then drop your rage as a bonus action and then end your turn. That's true. What uh, subclass barbarian would you pick literally doesn't matter because <laughs> <laughs> none of them have abilities that will interfere with your spell casting and none of them any more than your rage already any does. synergy at all yeah exactly uh i would pick uh the the 
dwarven battle rager. <laughs> I I would pick. Um, I like the dwarven battle rager. I I wish the berserker was like the third edition frenzied barbarian, where you had to make saving throws to, in order to stop attacking, because then you would give your bonus yourself a bonus with the war wizard yes. to stop murdering your friends. <laughs> but it doesn't it doesn't work like that. Doesn't work that um, way. Uh, I would probably do bear so that I could get resistance to fire and everything except psychic while I'm raging so that I can, I don't know, hang out with other wizards and just like chill in the fireball. I yeah. Guess. I mean, that's it's the it's the same. It's literally has no impact on your choice, right? Like it is whatever barbarian you're going to pick is the one you're going to pick. <laughs> I guess if there's anything to be said, it's um, maybe the berserker has a little more value because when you're exhausted you could still cast spells just fine so if you somehow drop out of your rage unexpectedly and come back with a level of exhaustion you don't really care because you can cast spells you can cast fireball yeah i mean yeah unless you have a high intelligence it's gonna be a terrible dc but like sure it's like that's like you said headband of intellect right <laughs> So that is the Rage Mage. Don't recommend it. <laughs> <laughs> Niche. Yes. Niche, but <laughs> very <fun>. much. <laughs> All right. Before we wrap up, we want to take a moment to thank our Patreon supporters. Your support is what makes it possible for us to keep doing this show every single week. So if you'd like to learn more, you can check out all of our rewards at patreon.com slash totalpartythrill. So what do we have planned for next week's episode? We're talking about restarting an old campaign. And in the character creation forge? We're building Julie Daubigny. Well, that's it for episode 344 of Total Party Thrill. I hope we lived up to our name. But either way, I'm Shane. And I'm Ishan. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.